Well, let me give a warm welcome to you all, uh, to our church family, uh, to family and friends who are gathering to tune in. It's great to be able to gather. Our Easter um, has changed. I guess there's never been uh, an Easter weekend like this, but our message, our hope, our joy in the risen Jesus has not changed. Now let's read uh, the message of the angels, that first Easter Sunday. Here it is. In Matthew 28, the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Let's sing a hymn uh, that reminds us of the victory of Jesus and the hope in him. Let's sing. Kellen's going to lead us in the hymn In Christ Alone. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm, what heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my come my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God.
And now let's pray together. Lord, this Easter Sunday, uh, we thank you for the announcement of the angels, uh, that Jesus, who was crucified for our uh, sins, uh, to give us the, the hope of forgiveness, the promise of forgiveness when we trust in him, that he is not dead, that he has risen. We recognise that in Christ alone, uh, there is true hope, not just for now, but for all eternity. Mm -hmm. Lord, we recognise as a world uh, that we need hope right now, that we as individuals uh, stand in need of hope. And Lord, we thank you that that is found in the life of Jesus. We thank you for his perfect love and his obedience. We thank you for the mercy and compassion and care uh, that he showed to the helpless and the broken people uh, that he met in his day. And we thank you that he is unchanged in his love and kindness. Uh, Lord, we thank you uh, for that death he died as our substitute taking our place, uh, being that sacrifice uh, who would uh, remove sin, who would remove uh, the anger of God from us by taking it on himself so that if we put our trust in him, uh, we would have eternal life. We thank you for the hope there is in the resurrection, the promise of new life, uh, the promise of a restored world, uh, the hope of Jesus returning and making all things new, uh, giving hope of a world free of sickness and sorrow and death itself. Lord, we look to you, recognising that you are a God of power and you are a God of mercy and love. We are dependent on you and we ask uh, that you would bring help to those who need it. Uh, we pray once more for our governments, both uh, here in Edinburgh and uh, down in London. Uh, we remember especially Boris Johnson and we pray uh, you would be with him. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would give them all the wisdom uh, that our politicians and leaders need uh, for ruling well in this crisis, for making decisions. Lord, we also pray for our NHS staff. Uh, we are so thankful for them, uh, for the, the sacrifices that they make, for the love and care uh, that they show in their different responsibilities. And we pray uh, that you would protect them. Lord, we thank you for other uh, key workers in various industries and for the way they are going above and beyond uh, to help us uh, to keep our country uh, moving and functioning. And again, we pray protection and care. Lord, we pray uh, for the nations of the world. Uh, we recognise the struggles that some of the poorest countries in the world will be having uh, with limited healthcare facilities with limited budgets and infrastructure. And Lord, we pray for the poor and the needy and we ask that you would intervene. Lord, above all, we recognise our greatest need is to be right with you, to enjoy your love in our lives. And so we pray that there would be many at this time who would be seeking answers and finding them in Jesus. That for those who are seeking hope, and love and security, 
that they would recognise that that can be found ultimately only in knowing you and in Jesus you sing. So we pray that you'd be with us in the time uh, that we get to spend uh, listening to and thinking about the Bible. Uh, Help us to understand and apply what we hear to our lives uh, this Easter. Amen. Now we're going to uh, read a passage of the Bible. This is from uh, John's Gospel, chapter 20, and it's uh, the story of Mary Magdalene and her experience that first Easter Sunday. So let's hear the first 18 verses of John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So this Easter Sunday, this is what we're going to think about. We're going to think about Jesus' resurrection and the rising of hope. But we need to begin with the day hope died. That was the title of a a BBC documentary on Robert Kennedy uh, back in 2018, marking the 50th anniversary of his assassination. That's a very striking title. Uh, It seems like national hope had been pinned uh, on a single person, the hope that that in Bobby Kennedy there was hope for unity, uh, the end to racism uh, for America. I wonder as you look back over your own life, have you been there 
on occasions when hope died. Perhaps it was the loss of an opportunity. Perhaps it was the loss of a job. Perhaps it was the loss of a family member that you loved deeply. Maybe today, I imagine there will be some of us who are feeling fearful, feeling hopeless due to COVID-19. Maybe this is the day when you feel hope is dying. If we were to ask Mary Magdalene and to ask the first disciples, when was the day hope died for you? They would point to the first Good Friday, the day when Jesus died on the cross. Did you recognise that as we began our reading? For Mary, as she first approaches the empty tomb, she sees no hope. The message she brings back to the disciples is they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. For Mary and those disciples, death had won. There was no prospect in her mind of resurrection. She saw the empty tomb and she thought this was the work of grave robbers. She was not naive. They were not expecting a resurrected Messiah. Nobody saw this coming. Which in many ways points towards its truth. This is not something anybody made up. Before we go any further, let's think who was Mary, the subject of our story here. In Luke chapter 8, another one of the gospel writers, Luke, uh, records that Mary uh, had been possessed by seven demons and that Jesus had delivered her. So Jesus has given Mary new hope and new life. Uh, further than that, Mary is an important eyewitness. She was there uh, when Jesus died. Uh, she was there as Jesus was buried. And now she is an eyewitness to the empty tomb. But the question now is, where will her hope come from? Now that her teacher is dead. How can she have hope beyond death? How can the kingdom of God come now? Perhaps Mary was asking, now that the king has died. That first Easter Sunday, everything for Mary in terms of hope rests on one fact. Everything for you and for me rests on one fact if we want true hope that will not disappoint. The fact, resurrection. There's a Bible writer called David Helm and he says the resurrection is hope's burden of proof. In other words, if hope was in a law court, the only way it could claim to be speaking the truth would be if it could present as evidence the reality of a risen Lord Jesus. This Easter Sunday, as we spend time in our homes, do you want hope that God is stronger? Stronger than fear that you face? Stronger than the virus that's taken hold on our world? Stronger even than death? Do you want good news despite all the bad news that surrounds us? Do you want forgiveness from sin? Do you want peace of conscience, peace with the God who made you? This week I came across uh, this uh, from an Indian Christian by the name of Bakit Singh. 
he was asked the question, what do you preach to those of other faiths? So in, in India, many faiths. Uh, and this Christian preacher, he said, I preach the forgiveness of sins. That is what all of us deep down inside are looking for. If that list of things is you today, if that's what you look for, then you need the resurrection to be true. Not simply, I wish it was true because it sounds wonderful. It must actually really be true. Now let's move on and let's see how in Mary's story she is prepared for hope. I guess many of us know the phrase, the green shoots of recovery, and we find ourselves looking for them. We go to the media looking for them. So um, we see what's happening in China and Wuhan opening up and reports of no new cases. Or we see in Italy the death rate dropping. And they stand for us as beacons of hope uh, that we cling to, perhaps. What are the green shoots of recovery for Mary and her hope? And so the story of Mary so far, she's run in grief from the empty tomb to share her news with Peter and John. Peter and John have now run to the empty tomb and they've returned home. But then in verses 10 and 11, we find that while they go home, Mary returns. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Grief is still there, but what does she do? As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She examines for herself the empty tomb. And let me just ask, have you ever done that? This is a claim about Christianity that is so huge that it cannot be ignored. On our website, our church website, you can go to the online services section and you will find a list of resources uh, good books to read, uh, videos and articles to access um, on the internet that, that, that might help you as you explore. Because this is something, again, that is too important to ignore or, or to brush to one side. Uh, but having said that, let's look with Mary and see what these two green shoots of recovery are. Signs to prepare her uh, for living hope, for resurrection hope. First of all, who's present in the empty tomb? Angels are present. She saw two angels in white, one at the head, one at the foot, and they asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who are angels? Angels are God's messengers. So they deliver messages from God. They also interpret God's activity in the world. Angels are at times sent to make sense of out of the ordinary events. So we can think about another uh, Christian season, we can think about Christmas, think about another Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus and the angels that came to her to, to tell her that uh, though she was a virgin she would conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit and she would give birth uh, to a child and he would be called Jesus and he would save people from their sins. That was no ordinary event, that was God's activity in the world in a remarkable way uh, for our salvation and hope. And angels come to interpret that. And here the angels are saying to Mary by their presence, the empty tomb is God's work, not the work of grave robbers. God's power has invaded the tomb, not grave robbers. 
Their question, woman, why are you crying, is challenging Mary's interpretation of events. Are you right about Jesus? They're asking. Are you right to believe that hope is dead? Now for you and for me, it is most unlikely uh, that we will have um, an, an announcement from angels. Angels coming to uh, interpret God's activity for us. But what we have is we have the Bible. The Bible reveals and interprets God's actions in the world. It announces God's plan, God's way of salvation in and through the sending of his own son Jesus to become one of us, uh, to live perfectly in our place, to then die for our sins and then to rise in victory uh, for our salvation. So let me encourage you to read and listen to your Bible and to be asking the question, am I right about Jesus in the way that I think about him? The second green shoot of recovery is enormous. While the angels are present in the tomb, Jesus' body is absent. So the angels in verse 12 are seated where Jesus' body had been. Now we said earlier that the, the miracle of the resurrection is crucial. It's, it's of vital significance. It's too big to ignore. It is actually the miracle that is the standing or falling of Christianity. Paul understood this. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 15, he wrote very clearly to say, as a Christian, he's saying, if the resurrection is not true, then the message of Christianity is a lie. Plain and simple. More than that, God is a liar because God said he would raise his son from the dead. If Jesus is still dead, then we are lost in our sin. There is no hope of us having a way back to God. Christian faith is useless. And of all people in all the world, we are most to be pitied. Now that shows us just how important the resurrection is to the Christian faith. So it is crucial for us to think about this reality. Why is the tomb of Jesus empty? So every group um, at the time of Jesus knew the tomb was empty. So there were the Jewish leaders and they hated Jesus and they arranged for Jesus uh, to be handed over to the Romans to be killed. They knew the tomb was empty and they uh, paid off the Roman guards and they began to spread the lie um, that um, the disciples had stolen Jesus' body away. So they knew the tomb was empty. Uh, the Romans, who had killed Jesus, they had set guards at the tomb. Uh, so they also knew that the tomb was empty. And the first followers of Jesus knew that the tomb was empty, particularly uh, when Jesus appeared to them in a real uh, physical glorified body. So we need to think... The, the empty tomb is a fact. Even the most sceptical uh, non-Christian historians recognise the empty tomb is a fact. What makes best sense of that? If his body was stolen, why did no enemies produce that stolen body with all the power at their disposal, uh, knowing that they could halt uh, Christianity dead in its tracks? Why did they not produce the body? 
And it's fascinating uh, to look at the, the development of the church and to think, how do you explain, for example, the transformation of Mary? You know, blinded by grief and sorrow and tears, then full of joy. How do we explain the transformation of the disciples, fearful in hiding, having um, run away from Jesus when he was arrested because they thought it was the end of their hope? How do we then explain them preaching powerfully and boldly and being willing to die for Jesus? How do we account for the transformation of a man like Paul who spent um, some of his adult life as a great opponent of Jesus, hated Jesus, hated the church, spent his life trying to kill Christians, imprison Christians and end the Christian church. How do we account for him then speaking for Jesus and establishing churches? He said he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and that changed everything for him. How do we account for the empty tomb? Well, the empty tomb and the angels are preparing Mary for hope that first Easter Sunday. So let's see together hope rising. Hope rises because Jesus is alive. Well, we're still not quite there yet. Verse 14, having spoken to the angels, Mary turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realise that it was Jesus. She thought he was a gardener, perhaps because it was still dark. Perhaps because she was blinded by tears. Perhaps because she had no prospect of ever seeing Jesus again. She fails to recognise him. But note the compassion of Jesus. Even before he's recognised woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Here is Jesus and he has come to help her in her grief and her pain and her confusion. The risen Jesus there to help and to transform. Now already, before Jesus died, he had it used the reality of resurrection to, to speak comfort to his disciples. He said to them, don't be troubled. I'm going, I'm returning to my father, to my father's house. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to come back and I'll take you to be with me where I am. And he said, I won't leave you on your own. I won't leave you as orphans. I'll send the Holy Spirit. So I'll come uh, to live in your heart. And all of that true because uh, he would rise from the dead. So Mary, initially, hope doesn't come from seeing Jesus because she can't recognise his identity. How does hope come to life in Mary? We need to go to verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and cried out, teacher, she hears his voice. Here is where hope comes from. She hears his voice. And Jesus had described himself earlier as the good shepherd. The good shepherd who uh, calls his sheep by name. Uh, they know him, they know his voice and they listen to him. Jesus has died for the sheep and risen again. And so here is how hope rises for Mary. And listen to these wonderful words of hope uh, for grieving and fearful disciples. Uh, she says to Mary, don't hold on to me for I've not yet returned to the Father. You don't need to hang on to me. You won't lose me. This is part of my journey. Uh, returning to glory. Uh, go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God, ascending to the glory of heaven, ascending to his father. Uh, Jesus promises that's the same journey that his disciples will make. His followers will have access 
to God. They can call God. We can call God Father through faith in Jesus. We can know our identity as part of God's family eh, through faith in the risen Jesus. Because death has been defeated in the resurrection, Jesus' victory. Power of sin has been broken. Jesus has shown that death could not hold him. It had no claim on him because he is sinless. He came to deal with our sin, to take our sin. So now, by trusting in Jesus, we have all these privileges, the privilege of access, the privilege of God's love and God's joy and God's hope. So what a different message Mary now brings to Peter, John and the other disciples. Verse 18, she comes running in this time. I have seen the Lord. So church begins on Easter Sunday because now their saviour is alive. For you and for me, where does lasting hope come from? Maybe this virus has been showing to us it doesn't come in your wealth. It doesn't come in your health. Lasting hope is not found in your work or in your leisure. We can't root all our hope and security in our politicians, in our medical officers or vaccines. Rather, it's the resurrection of Jesus alone that gives true and lasting hope both for your life now and for your eternal future. Because through the whole message of Easter, the cross of Jesus and his resurrection, there is forgiveness of sin. There is peace with God. There's life with God promised when our faith is in him. Access to God's perfect love to that always and forever love that we long for. And we're so sad when we lose love. Here is one love that will never be taken from us. In the cross and the resurrection, we have this path to enjoying life with God. Jesus said the life of one of his followers will be suffering now. And we know that. But by faith, it is promise of glorious resurrection life. There's promise of life in the new heaven and the new earth when everything is made new, even us. So as we finish, why does the resurrection give hope? It gives hope because one, our great enemy has been defeated. C.S. Lewis in his book Miracles said this, Jesus has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. This is the beginning of the new creation. The resurrection gives hope too because God's purpose has been fulfilled. John in a few verses after writes this. These things that he has written and recorded are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's chosen anointed saviour, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Believing in the risen Lord Jesus is the pathway to eternal life, is the demonstration that God's saving plan has been fulfilled and you can be part of that by trusting in Jesus. And the resurrection also gives hope because it says to us, God is with us and with us always. If you feel today hope dying, trust in Jesus. If you are facing fear and struggling with loneliness, then understand that by faith in Christ, though you are lonely, you are never alone. What hope is there for a suffering world 
There is hope in the resurrection that Jesus, the Son of God, he has entered into our broken world. He's entered into our suffering. He's gone into death itself and he's come through the other side. Promising that where he goes, his people will follow. Perfect love and love and life and joy that will be ours. So trust in him today. Make him your living hope. He will not disappoint. And now we're going to sing another couple of songs, continuing uh, the theme of hope because of the resurrection. First of all, we're going to sing uh, from Psalm 16, and then we're going to sing the power of the cross. And again, uh, we're very grateful to Kellen for leading us in this. Christ became sin. 
took the blame, bore the wrath, we stand forgiven at the cross. Now the daylight flees, now the ground Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. May God bless you, bless you richly this uh, Easter Sunday.